Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In with your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week, we're chatting about owning a bookstore with our special guest, Liz Asbury. Stay tuned. Do you love listening to I'd Rather Stay In and want to support the podcast? Well, now you can. Visit our website or the link in our Instagram profile and click buy me a coffee or visit buymeacoffee.com slash IRSI podcast. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us cover the costs of creating this podcast. There are no monthly memberships and you can support us at whatever level you like, whenever you like. Whether you buy us one coffee, many coffees, or simply continue listening as always, we're so grateful for your support. Hello, hello. Good morning, Steffi. Good morning. Uh, what's new in Megan land? It is uh, all cupcakes all the time over here. So, um... <laughs> you, you have been testing cupcakes for the magazine, and guys, she has made so many fucking so cupcakes, cupcakes this week. <laughs> I have to. I'm, I'm technically done testing reader recipes, except I have to retest one that could possibly have been a user error problem. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm retesting them because they tasted really good. There was just an issue with the baking times and stuff. Um, and then I have to make the feature recipe. This is the one that's like one of my recipes that I like make a big, beautiful picture of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> I was looking at the recipe for that today and it makes 24 cupcakes. <laughs> Well, not to worry. I'm sure Alex's coworkers would be happy to eat the cupcakes again. <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. I, so Steffi's husband came and got a bunch of the cupcakes to take to the kitchen. Um, and I was really hoping he was going to take more cupcakes because I have so many cupcakes. And I also completely forgot about the cupcakes that are in my refrigerator, oh, no. which are the raspberry ones. Um, Because they were in the refrigerator, so I just didn't think of it. Um, And so I still have a lot of cupcakes left. That's fine. I can make him (laughs) swing by before work in the next couple of days and he can pick up more. Because I, so when I bake, when I like have a lot of baked goods, I send them to work with him and his coworkers, like one of his coworkers like never eats and so he's just always so excited when I bring in stuff because he's like oh my god it's food and I'm like mm-hmm. okay sir <laughs> you are a chef you need to eat like you need to be eating so yeah it's they like were when like I worked ecstatic corporate. yeah it's like when I worked corporate and they would have meetings catered and they wouldn't be meetings for art for our side of the building it'd be meetings for other people but yes. there would be leftover, like, crappy Jason's Deli sandwiches. Anything. And leftover anything. would go insane. Yes. Like, yes. food that had been sitting out for a I am while. convinced I could send Alex to work with a box of cereal, and these people would be like, oh my god, yes, I love your wife so much. <laughs> so, it's fine. Whatever cupcake getting rid of needs you have, we can fulfill them around here. It's I fine. appreciate that fine that's what we're here for happy to to be a service uh you know it's not not a whole lot (laughs) that was royce (laughs) that was royce stepping on a discarded cereal bowl next to my desk because that's the life we live 
Uh, not a whole lot, you know. We, it's we're uh, we're doing great over here, succeeding in every possible way that we can. Uh, I'm gonna leave that in. I I hope that you do. I hope that you do. I really just want to be clear with everyone about the kind of life that we live. It's fine. So, okay, guys, if you've been listening to this podcast for like literally any amount of time. You've probably picked up on the fact that Megan and I both love to read and we both love supporting our local businesses. Today we have the perfect marriage of those two things as we are joined by the owner of our favorite local bookstore to talk about what it's like running a business all about books. Please welcome Liz Asbury to the pod. Welcome, Liz. Thank you for having me. Um, Very good to be here. Yay! Well, we're so excited to have you joining us today, Liz. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, so yeah, uh, there's not a lot to tell about me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, my name's Elizabeth Asbury. I own Bob's Day Books in Bloomington Normal. Uh, yeah, I've owned it since 2015. Uh, I've been working here since 2009. So, yeah, pretty simple. I don't do much with my life besides uh, run the bookstore and hang out with my cat. So there's not a lot to say about me. <laughs> it sounds like a great life to me. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. Books and cats. Yep. Okay. Sold. Yep. Totally. <laughs> totally cool. You know, you mentioned that you have owned uh, the bookstore since 2015, uh, but that you've been working there um, since long before that. So can you talk a little bit about how you came to own the bookstore? Yeah. So it was just pure luck that I ended up owning it. Um, I was just in the right place at the right time, um, and, and even before that, it was my my. I got the job because it was a uh, family friend who knew I liked to read, and I had a lot of free time. Um, so he wanted to retire, and I wanted. I I liked the way the shop was going. I, I liked the direction it was going, and I sort of really quickly got all my ducks in a row. Um, it, it just, I, it's still a blur. I still don't know quite how it happened. Um, but I, all of a sudden I, I owned a bookstore. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> and you were a baby when that happened. Yes. I was, I was 20 years old. I joke that I legally wasn't allowed to drink, uh, but I really <laughs> needed a drink. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. I feel that indie bookstores have a unique role that goes beyond just selling books. So how are you embracing that position at your store? Yeah, so I, th- I think something that that is unique about bookstores is that we, we really focus on the community, um, whether it's events or, or the books we carry. We really care. I mean, obviously other retail does, but we really, I guess... Community is really important to us, and it's really important to me. Um, and just, I wouldn't be here without the community for various reasons. Um, one of my favorite things about owning the shop is the ability to host events. It's one of my favorite things. Um, one of my new things that we're doing um, that I that I'm really enjoying is open mic poetry, which I, you know, I'm not a a poet or anything, but a customer said, hey could we do open mic poetry here? And I, I said, sure, that, that would be, you know, I, I don't have any issue with, with doing that. Um, so just, you know, I think 
really leaning into doing what the not not doing what the community wants, but seeing what the community would want, I guess, um, and and enhancing the community and uh, fundraisers and stuff like that. Just just more than just retail, I guess, is what bookstores are. And, you know, kind of kind of going off of that, your shop is one of the most inclusive bookstores that I can think of, which I think is especially refreshing, given that we are in central Illinois, and that's not always super common. Um, and your shop is just such a safe space. So was creating that safe space where marginalized communities were respected and represented an intention that you had from the start? Was it something that was already established at the store before you took over? I would love to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So when I took over the shop, we were actually a, just a general buy-sell trade. So we had movies and music and video games. And pretty quickly after I bought it, I was like, this is too overwhelming. I can't do all this. Um, And once I had the all the space for books I started thinking like all right I have all the space for books what do I want to do with them and then when the pandemic hit people wanted to buy new books from me which is not something we had ever done before um so with the ability to carry new books I was able to curate a lot better um with what we we carried um and and as far as being inclusive it just sort of it wasn't even a question. It's just sort of who I am as a person. It, it's not really something I, I try to do, I guess. Um, it's it's not hard. Um, you know, I guess if, if a business isn't inclusive, they, they just, uh, they're trying not to be inclusive. I hate to say that, but like, yeah, <laughs> Especially, you know, in 2022. Like. Yeah, it's, it's it's all about respect. I, I see the shop as, like, my second home, and I want people to walk in and feel comfortable. I want them to feel respected. I want them to feel like I see myself in the books or I, I see a book that I want to – that will help me grow. And, I mean – it's just become, as, as I, you know, I started the shop when I was, or I didn't start the shop, but I, I bought the shop when I was 20, and, you know, you really grow a lot in that, like, that early 20s age, so I think I've grown, and the shop has grown with me, and it's, it's just, I don't know, it, it's not hard to be inclusive, so it just, it's second nature to me. I love it. I love that I can come in and I can easily find books that are not written by old white dudes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it's it's just so easy in your store. And I see, you know, I can bring my toddler in and I can find books for her that are inclusive and that, you know, show all sorts of different uh, characters. And it's just, it's great. I, I love that so, so much. How do you go about selecting the books that you carry? Um, partial, not just the used books that you buy back from other people, but new releases. And how do you ensure that you're including that wide variety of books on the shelves? So I probably don't do it the way a normal bookstore would. 
because um, no one really, I didn't do any training or anything. I just sort of jumped in with both feet, and I'm, I'm constantly in a state of winging it. Um, but Us I, too, I, yes. Yeah, we, we yeah, hear that. you know, <laughs> it's working. It, it'll work until it doesn't. Um, but I, I look for books that are, that are unique. It's something I don't already have on the shelves. Um, you know, there's only so many books that you can carry that are about middle-aged women finding themselves and going on journeys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I then mean, they're all the same. <laughs> they really are all the same. Um, but I, I look for books that, you know, I don't have a billion versions of used. Um, I... So I'm a big fan of horror and fantasy authors because um, a lot of great marginalized authors have have started to become popular and just fantastic. Um, and you know, nonfiction and literary fiction. There's a lot of great classics um, by BIPOC authors. Um, so I'm I'm looking for literary fiction that isn't. Um, trauma-based, I guess. Um, I, I had a discussion with a, with a customer um, about a lot of black trauma authors um, and, and how there's a lot of beautiful um, black joy that isn't being seen because it's not assigned in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really trying to find more of that. Do the publishers send out releases? Do you get, how do you find out that the books are coming out? Yes. So when I'm ordering books, I look at catalogs. I look at emails that get sent out. I look at, um, you know, just general social media posts. I ask customers what they're excited for. I, I just sort of have a, a wide net that I throw out there to see, to see what I want to order. Um, I, I usually take about five hours a week um, to do book ordering rather than sitting down and just doing it. Um, And I order monthly rather than quarterly each season. I know a lot of larger bookstores do quarterly, but I just, I like to have that. um, uh, I like to be able to see, oh, last month was really popular for fantasy so let me put more fantasy new fantasy in for next month that sort of thing rather than quarterly i mean i think that makes perfect sense yeah you have more flexibility yeah you're able to cater to what your customers really like yeah respond to it in real time what do you wish people knew about independent bookstores um no one owns an independent bookstore to make money. Um, no one's in the book business to make money. Um, You're not doing this to be a billionaire? No, what? unfortunately not. Um, it's, it's really a true labor of love. Um, I'm, I'm really in the business because I love books. I love finding the perfect book for somebody. Um, I, I don't think I would want to be doing anything else. Um, I don't know anything else, so who knows? Um, but I just, I think there's something really wonderful about walking in. If no one's ever been, if you are listening to this and you've never been into an independent bookstore, I highly encourage you just to go into one um, and 
and enjoy the vibes. You don't have to buy anything. Just see what they're all about because they're really they're really something special. There, there's really no retail like them. I my favorite thing when I'm traveling is to like if I see a bookstore. Like my husband knows if I see an independent bookstore and we're just like walking around somewhere new, I'm going in. Yeah, I, we do. We do the same thing with grocery stores. If we see like a little grocery <laughs> store, we also go in there because we're weirdos. But yeah, I'm like going in that bookstore because I. you're right. Like there's always just a certain vibe to the bookstore. Some of them are like are like Bob's Bay and they carry both used books and new books. Like there's just I just love explore, even if I don't buy anything, which I usually do. Uh, I just like to go in and just peruse. There's also always a smell with bookstores. They, there's books have a smell that I just love. Yeah, they're they're like they're all unique. They all have um, their own personality. Uh, I I think something strange and beautiful about independent bookstores is that all of the bookstore owners get along. Like even in Central Illinois, we all like we're all friends. Which you know, That's in any awesome. other, any other sort of retail or, or competing business, we'd be like, oh yeah, no, don't go to them, come to us. But like, we we love each other. So, yeah. I'm curious because you have worked at the store since it opened, and so I'm I'm wondering what kind of changes you have seen, not just in the bookstore. It's I mean, you talked about the changes in the bookstore itself, but I'm curious about what you've seen change in the community over that time and like in your clientele and what kind of things that you've been selling like how that has changed through the years um so downtown bloomington has obviously changed a lot um i don't know how long you guys have been in town um but yeah i i've been in town i came to wesleyan and 2007 and then was gone for about four years and then my husband and I moved back in at the very end of 2015 um and then Megan moved in 2020 okay yeah so it has I've seen down I've seen downtown Bloomington be a ghost town um and we had you know like five regular customers that would come in so I think that's why I am so so comfortable with it being like my my second home like just so welcoming to everybody coming in because it started like I knew everybody that came in um and I'm still trying to be good about knowing everybody that comes in but sometimes it's a little tricky um but my customer base has really extended beyond just the surrounding downtown area. Um, we have a lot more people coming from, you know, the east side, people that used to go to Barnes & Noble and just shop online. The pandemic really, a lot of people saw that, you know, independent bookstores and locally owned businesses were really important and really, it was, it was very important to keep your tax dollars local and support your community because we're real people that really matter. Um, and I, I think that's one good thing that came out of the pandemic is people supporting local businesses. Um, but as far as like the, the type of books that sell, um, 
I can't really say that it's changed a whole lot. We're selling a lot more nonfiction, I suppose. Um, a lot more um, like anti-racist nonfiction. A lot of um, like just human improvement, like how can I be a better human type books, which is which is excellent. Um, so so yeah, it's changed a little bit. Um, but our clientele has has just expanded. Can you, you know, kind of going off of that, can you talk a little bit about what it means when you do purchase a book from an indie bookstore versus buying it on Amazon in particular? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have customers that uh, will, will buy a book from us and be like, I know it's only, you know, ten dollars or I know it's only three dollars but honestly every purchase really counts to us it like it really matters um I I joke that so <laughs> I I joke that uh I have my four children which are my four cats and <laughs> and your your purchase helps support me and my four cats and it helps me hire new employees and it just helps us grow it helps us put money back into the community we work a lot with um the west bloomington revitalization project book bike um which puts free books into the community um it you know we are in downtown bloomington so we we are able to i guess beautify downtown a little bit um, and, and be that little neighborhood spot for people when, when you support an independent, when you support uh, us, um, when you support other independent bookstores, I'm sure they put just as much back into the community as we do. And that, I think that's, I just, it's so valuable. It's so valuable. And it allows you to do things like have open mic nights and story times and, you know, drag queen story hour and do the fun things like you're doing this band books week scavenger hunt this week like I feel like that's allowing you the ability to do great things like that that aren't just hey come buy a book exactly like, yeah I think that's so I think that's so great what is your favorite thing about owning a bookstore um I think my favorite thing about owning the bookstore is just meeting new people, is just having conversations with customers. Um, the other day I was talking with someone who was telling me about the queer punk scene in Chicago, and he was telling me like, oh, you'd fit, the bookstore would fit right in down there. Um, I can't remember, it was like, I can't remember what street in Chicago he was talking about. He's like, oh, you should watch this documentary. I'm in it. And he was in it. Um, and it was just really cool um, just to have these these conversations with customers just about random things. Um, and I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'd get away with that if I worked, you know, at, at Walmart or anything like that. I'm just like have free reign to have conversations with people um plus you know i get cheap books so that that's <laughs> a benefit <laughs> that's why you do it yeah yep. <laughs> you're a billionaire in books yes yes <laughs> uh 
okay, so conversely, what's your least favorite thing about owning a bookstore? Um, probably having to lift heavy boxes of books. <laughs> Honestly, I hate it. <laughs> I hate Get manual those. labor. <laughs> it's so strong. How yeah. do you get so strong, Liz? I just carry around boxes of books. Yep. <laughs> when I was in when I was in college, I worked at the college bookstore and I was in charge of returns and I had to carry so many boxes all the time. It was in theory ideal when you're young, but not great when you get older. Yeah, not so much. I remember when we were moving into our house from our apartment and I was like trying to pack all of my books. And of course, like you can't pack a full box of books because then you literally can't pick it up. And so we're just all of these boxes of books. And my husband, who is embarrassingly not a reader, looks at me and goes, do you really need all of these books? And I looked at him and I said, do I really need a husband? And he's, never, <laughs> he's never said a word about that since because he's not a stupid man. Uh, <laughs> you, I'm sure you read lots and lots of books. So do you keep track of the books that you read in any way? Do you like do a Goodreads account, anything like that? And also, what are you reading right now? I do, yes. So I use Storygraph, which is, it's like Goodreads, but it's not Amazon-owned. Because um, I'm, not giving, heard of that. I'm not giving Amazon any of my data. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh, started by a woman, um, and it's, I, I love all the data that you can, like, break it down and, like, see, um, like, what the, your, like, average pages of a book you read like I'm I like to read short books apparently um but but yeah it's Storygraph uh you can import your Goodreads data onto it um so yeah it's it's free I love it that's what I use um and I do read a lot of checking books checking that one out tonight yes is, that's amazing yes. yeah I do read a lot of books I probably read more than the average person but less than the average book reader so, if that makes sense. Probably because you just don't have time. I yes. Yeah. Yes. So, what are you um, reading right now? Right now, I am reading Amari and the Night Brothers, which is a children's book, but I love children's books. Um, it is like Harry Potter, Percy Jackson vibes, but it's a girl in Chicago. Um, nice. So, yeah. But the sequel just came honest. out, but I wanted to read the first one. I'll be honest, I feel sorry for any adult that is like, I don't like YA or children's books. I'm like, then you have lost your joy. Yes. You are a joyless human. <laughs> I love I love children's books, and I love YA books. I think they're great. Also, I just went on the Storygraph website, and if your description did not sell me, they have half and quarter stars, and you can mark a book as did not finish, which are two things that goodreads does not have which drive me crazy so i'm i'm transferring my goodreads over to this tonight like this is my project for the night i'm so excited um <laughs> uh, nerd alert okay so i would love to hear some of your favorite books we're gonna list off some categories uh and would love to know just what some of your personal favorites are so what is your all-time favorite book Okay, so when you told me that you were going to ask me this question, I was like, I don't know. Gosh, it depends on my mood. It depends on what category. I just, right now, so I will 
have a favorite book and make it my personality and tell everybody to read it. So right now, <laughs> that's the type of person I am. I get obsessed with the book. It's Siren Queen by Nevo. It came out last year, I think. It is like magical realism, sapphic love, old Hollywood, and it's just, it's beautiful. I've read it twice this year, and I don't have a lot of time to read, so you know it's good. It's, it's beautiful. I love it. Um, so that also uh, ticks the LGBTQ uh, read that you were going to ask me. So Excellent. Two for yes. one. We love to see it. Yes. Also, they're released within the last year, I guess, because you said no, it came out last year. I have another one for that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what's what's that one? That one is The Book Eaters by Sunyi Dean. Um, it is uh, like a fairy tale fantasy. takes place in the U.K., um, about a group of people that literally eat books and this woman has a kid who can't eat books uh, he eats minds instead so she basically has to find a cure for him um, it's got a lot of like motherhood child like saving your kid vibes which I obviously don't have a kid but I really enjoyed it but I think people that are mothers would like it more <laughs> but I really liked it so that sounds yes. really interesting the book eaters yeah uh, my to be my TBR list is getting longer the more we talk yeah uh, <laughs> all right how about by a BIPOC author uh ring shout by P Deji Clark um it is if it's a novella um it's like horror fantasy it's um if the kkk were like actual like monsters i mean i know they're monsters but this is like if they were like beastie monsters it's got a great strong female lead um it's just it's fantastic okay ya book um, so this came out this year, I think. It's called The Honeys by Ryan Lasala. It has a non-binary lead, um, which was is nice and refreshing to see. It takes place at a summer camp, and it's got bees, and it's a horror movie. It's a horror book, so very enjoyable. All right, and last one, children's book. So this is just a classic for me. Um, it's The Borrowers. I think it's by Mary Norton. Um, I just, I've read that book so many times. Um, every time I would go on vacation as a kid, I, that's like the only book I would bring. And I would read it like three times when I was on vacation. So I just, I it's just that. a classic. I love a nostalgic read. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for narrowing down your favorite reads for us. Um, it's time to talk about what is bringing us joy this week. So, Liz, what is making you especially happy this week? I'm easy to please. It's this weather. It's so nice out today. It's beautiful. It's great today. I had the window and door open, even though it was actually a little bit too chilly for that, but I didn't care. No, especially bring after the, the cold like, air. 90, 95 degree weather two days ago, I'm like, I know. bring it on. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, so Steffi, what's bringing you joy? In my uh, TikTok diving that I do 
daily. Uh, this last week, I stumbled across because I, I follow a lot of like crafters and stuff on my TikTok feed, and uh, I discovered this Etsy pattern for a crocheted afghan that is just all swear words, um, and it. I have it favorited and I'm probably going to end up buying the pattern and making it because it's fucking great. It's excellent. <laughs> and it is very me. So <laughs> like, yes, this, I love this. Um, I love being able to take something very like traditional and, you know, like, Oh, you're a crocheter and you make blankets with words like, Fuck nugget on it. Yes. Okay. Definitely normal. You have a couple of years left before it starts to get a little bit dicey of having that stuff around your house. It's true. It's true. But you know what? It, we'll figure it out. It's fine. She'll... Yeah. It's more. It's not that you couldn't have it. It's more that you have to like explain things a little bit more. I've explained things <laughs> and like, don't say this at school, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't repeat the things that you see on the things mommy makes. It's I know, fine. Yeah. It's just a word. It's just it's a word. It's just a word. It's just a word. Uh, Megan, how about you? Um, I got a new camera. I'm very excited. It is a mirrorless camera, um, which I've never used before. And uh, I started to play with it a little bit this morning, and I don't know what I'm doing. Um because it is different from my old DSLR. Uh, so I'm yeah. looking forward to like messing around with that. And also apparently my dog is afraid of it. <laughs> yeah, that scans. Uh, I held it up to my Anya face was, and she was like, Anya oh was my God. Of mine. Yes, Anya is always afraid of mine too. She's so dim. I mean, she's also definitely afraid of my, um, my not my light box, but the the flash thing for my yeah my flash um when i set that up she's she's gotten better where she like once it's set up and it's been set up for a little while she'll like slowly walk around it to get to her bed but while i'm setting it up she's like that's so scary ah! yeah, apparently on a tripod it's fine too. but when i hold it up to my face that's like the scary part terrifying terrifying <laughs> yeah she and she and i really need to make some sort of club they're so special um yes. Yeah, I am very excited about your new camera. Um, I felt I was I had to figure mine out when I got it too. I'm like, oh no, now I gotta relearn things. But I have to I have to actually read the manual. <laughs> Where are the buttons? Where are the settings? Yes. I can't. All find of them. the buttons are in different places. <laughs> it is, yeah, and you're like, God damn it! Because uh, I mean, how long have you had your old camera? Um, I mean, I don't remember when I upgraded to that one, but I've always had that same kind of camera for, yeah. you know, at least 10 years, I would say. Yeah. So it's definitely a, a learning curve. Yeah, a little bit. And also it's weird because, um, someone warned me actually that you will use the, the display mm -hmm. rather than the viewfinder because the uh -huh. display is like what you act, what's like accurate and the viewfinder apparently is not quite accurate. Oh yeah, because it yeah, because it's uh, the full frame. It's very confusing. <laughs> yes, and so I was I noticed that this morning when I was taking the picture, and I'm like, what? I why is like the like the color also is a slightly different. 
color in the uh-huh. viewfinder, but it's uh-huh. perfect in this. It's very weird. I don't. Yeah, know. it took me a minute to like figure out. Okay, what do my settings need to be like? Where does my flash need to be in relation to what I'm shooting? But once you do a couple things and you like play around with the editing, then you like are you like okay, I got it now. So yeah, you know it's fine. This is how we keep ourselves young by learning new things. It's <laughs> fine. Sure. We're okay. So. So youthful, youthful brains. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. Next week, we are embracing more of this amazing fall weather and tasting some fall-themed snacks. So you're going to get to hear all about what we think about some of these pumpkin spice goodies that are at the store right now. So until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast. You can also send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Bye.